This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Did you get my love letter? It was written in calligraphy. When you read it, did you get the vision? Did you picture me? Play it off or set it to the side like parentheses. Now I know I'm playing on your heart like a symphony orchestra. I'm the orchestrator and a life creator. I embody what it means to be a woman, demonstrator, liberator, fighting for a culture that's appropriated. Never gray, I'm never lukewarm, always black or white. Flashing lights, black at night. Guard your life, see either you can take a stand or you can kneel on the ground When you were silent, they was cool, but they don't mess with you now But that's okay, this is the birth of a nation, this is ours for the taking It's an abomination, how many of our lives have been taken and stolen and broken Yeah, we steady on it, we rolling, we are soldiers in the field, all black like an omen From the mannequins Savages study what our reaction is Everybody is frantic The stable-minded are panicking uh, Damaging the beauty that's remaining Body can be broken Yet the mind that can't contain it Who the hell's to blame it? We see a different day But it seems all the same Yet I remain courageous Yo, and I ain't anxious for nothing Fist stay pumping Power is the presumption Cowards growing bunches Ellie hit them with the punches Punch, lad, child, time Eat them like lunches I'm your warrior Xena I'm your tragedy relief FEMA Keep climbing till I hit my zenith I'ma keep grinding till I hit my zenith Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. You are here on Detroit is Different with Piper Carter and my amazing co-host, Brittany. Hi, Piper. How you doing? Good. I almost did my own. <sighs> Your own, right? And I was like, ooh. Oh, that's cool. You can. <laughs> no, I'm joking. What's so, up, Pipe? Oh, my God. I'm chilling. I'm still adjusting from getting back from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been... Taking a lot of naps. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to like, your body. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm about to come home. I'm about to do all of this. And then I was like, I just been in the bed like. <sighs> but, That's um, good. Yeah. You know, it's good. Um, and also, too, um, just so much work that I had to get done when I got back. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, like, how do I have so much work and I don't even have a job? But uh, You stay busy. I stay busy. You right? do. You work for yourself. Well, also when we came back, we had a gig with the um, with the band <laughs> for Friday night, um, the Green New Deal with Sierra Club. How That's was a, that? It was amazing. Um, <laughs> Princess did her song from Forty Two One Seven. You're killing me. I love that and song. And they were like, and 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 residents from Forty Two One Seven were in the front, mm. and the band was there, and they did some songs, and everyone loved them. 
And we got a chance to meet uh, Mustafa Santiago Ali, from who formerly was from the um, Hip Hop Caucus National mm. and now is with the um, Wildlife Conservancy. And he's a brilliant speaker. It was really, really inspiring. And hopefully more folks are really going to care more about climate change, environmental justice, and this kind of thing. And um, just to get into it, this Friday, we've also got um, our own event for Hip Hop Caucus Detroit chapter. Actually, all the Hip Hop Caucus chapters around the country um, will be doing events for Earth Month. We're going to mm. be showing the film from Paris to Pittsburgh. Um, if, if people are listening, check your city um, to see when the, um, your screening is going to be. But if you're in Detroit, it's going to be this Friday, April 19th at the um, Cass Corridor Commons from 6 to 9. It's going to be free. We're going to have free food. And we're going to be talking about climate change. We're going to have a great mm. panel um, with Monica Lewis-Patrick from We the People of Detroit. She's going to connect water to climate change and what's going on in Detroit. We're going to have um, Aiko Fukushima from um, Gaia, um, which is the Global Alliance for Incinerator Alternatives. Mm -hmm. And they um, will be connecting clean air to climate change and what we can do. Um, now that Detroit's incinerator has closed, um, what are some green job alternatives that folks can step into um, to replace those nasty jobs they had? We've also got uh, Marnice Jackson, who is with the Oakland County NAACP and with an organization called Mothers Out Front which is another climate organization mm -hmm. here to um, help us learn more about climate change and keep, you know, climate change on, on our minds. And then we've got Michelle Martinez, who's from the Michigan Environmental Justice Coalition. I always talk about the East Michigan Environmental Action Council, which is EMIAC, but she's from the MEJC the Michigan Environmental Justice Coalition, and um, she'll actually be helping us understand about clean energy, clean power, mm -hmm. clean air, clean water, and how all of these things intersect with climate change and what we can do um, in our communities for climate change. And basically the entire event is so that we're thinking as a community, like what we want to do, what we want to get behind, um, regarding climate change, we have to make climate change a priority. Um, like we keep saying, the United Nations has given us, now it's 11 years before um, humanity will, you know, before we'll be past the point of a no return. So, um, so with that, um, I'm like, where do we go? Because we got some climate change stories today. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, because we do talk about climate change, but can you like break down your perspective all the way from like the surface level of climate change, meaning, meaning how it's taught to us, how, how we perceive it in our educational system all the way to our true environments? Yeah, I think, well, if we're talking about our education system, um, I don't really think, I know in Detroit, mm -hmm. 
Um, we don't really talk about climate change mm-hmm. in Detroit per se. Um, I would say if we're talking about urban environments, oh my God, there's so many, um, so many factors from the type, like switching from the types of energy that we use, mm-hmm. you know, reducing, um, you know, not consuming as much. Like these are, these are like some of the things that we can do, you know, not using bottled water, like, um, you know, purchasing a water bottle. Um, you know, I, you saw my little utensil set. Uh, that was, oh my God, that <laughs> my changed my life. <laughs> uh, utensil set um, that's wooden. Shouts out to... Um, Chopsticks. Yeah. A spork. You even had a spork in there. Yeah. And a, and a spoon. I know. And, yeah. And and a little knife. Oh my God. A wooden knife. A wooden knife. That's right. That was and there. I think, you know... Uh, even with the fashions, right? Mm. Like reusing re- everything, reducing, reusing, um, recycling, upcycling. These are like some basic things, but even like not using, you know, chemicals. You mm. know, so, um, in our in our in our plants, in our um, you know factories and things, switching to wind power um, from you know and solar power, and like. You know, getting off the fossil fuels. Um, you know, not using coal. We've, there's a false narrative that like nuclear is clean power, but oh my God, nothing could be like more false. Nuclear is dangerous. Um, they're trying to push nuclear as being clean energy, but it's it's really terrible. They're trying to push something else called clean coal. But coal is coal, is coal, is coal. And there's no such thing as like clean coal. Um, When it comes to the more, let's say like rural areas, right? Or less developed areas or less um, urbanized areas, then we're talking more about, you know, conditions that exist because of the impact of, things that we've done now you'll start to see you know shifts in you know sea levels you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. more hurricanes more tornadoes more storms of different types more and even more um violent storms you know like we saw with puerto rico haiti what we just saw um with mozambique um, and mm-hmm. this is because of the impact globally that society has with so-called technology and advancements in technology. Um, I'm not even sure, like I'm hearing a lot of things around how devastating 5G is about to be. It's funny you say that. Like I had, when you, I saw a commercial for it during the NBA playoffs last night. Yeah. And I asked my boyfriend, I'm like, uh, so I wonder like how long they have specific things in their arsenal and what makes them say our world is ready for it. I guess they, I guess I know, now that I'm talking about it with you is like, they have to, they, there's probably, they're like, okay, to get to 4G to 5G, we have to do these things and it's going to take us this amount of time to implement it. Maybe that's how it's done. But I was having that thought process about 5G. I mean, that's what they say, but for the most part, everything's driven by money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So 
uh, but you, I didn't mean to digress. You were about to say to me the impacts of what it's going to yeah. do to us. I'm sorry. Well, long story short, we have to look at, you know, all these things like our, our water, you know, our biosphere, which is like living things, um, like our lithosphere, which is like the earth's crust and the upper mantle, um, our atmosphere, which is our air and our cryosphere, which is like ice and permafrost. Mm. And so, um, when we look at like our system, like we have like a climate system, you know, and everything, all our energy on this planet earth, you know, comes from the sun. And so there are so many, right now we're interrupting so many pieces mm. of our, of all these systems with so-called technology and advancements. And so, um, there's a cost to it. There's major. When I say cost, not costs. Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, our climate system also gives off energy into outer space. I'm with you. And so we interact with the. So we have a galaxy, and a and a system, right? Like our solar system, and like. But then think there's like galaxies and galaxies of like systems. So who even knows like how any of this is like impacting us beyond, right? Because mm -hmm. when we think about um, the Earth's climate system, right? So like when basically climate change happens when changes in the Earth's climate system like creates like, you know, new weather patterns. And then those weather patterns last for like decades, you know what I'm saying? All the way up to like millions of years, right? So when we throw off the balance of like what nature has created, mm -hmm. we don't even understand like the impact of the impact of the impact. Because already, if you think about it, with our, just in nature, right? And just the way nature has been before we started doing all this technology stuff. Things were, were already going to shift. Right? I'm with you, yeah. Because planets are shifting. We're already turning. We're already shifting. But The whole purpose is to, is to evolve. It's to change. It's to modify. But with the introduction of all of these systems and technologies, we're interrupt, we've interrupted nature's balance. Understood. Right. And um, so basically... When we shift like that balance of like incoming and outgoing energy, it, um, the passage of the energy through the climate system, you know, that determines what we would call like the Earth's, they call it like the Earth's energy budget. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Which means you've only got like so much to use at a certain time when blah, blah, blah. So that's when stuff starts. So when the incoming energy is greater than the outgoing energy, then the Earth's energy budget is positive and the climate system is warming. If more energy goes out, then the energy budget is negative and the Earth's experiences cooling. So that's basically how it would be explained. So the climate change that um, 
that where the change is, let me put it that way, because over time, we're experiencing multiple, you know, differences and changes, and think about the impact that those storms are having, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Puerto Rico happened in, like, 2017. It's 2019. Number one, because of denial or, you know, because, of, because leaders have denied what has happened, there's delay. So we could start there. So there's a delay in, re, in response to anything because people are denying what's going on. Also, too, <laughs> you've got these various companies that have... Um, interrupted many systems, let's say energy companies, um, you know, that are providing electricity, um, you know, all these various companies that are providing these different utilities, not to mention drilling, oil, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all these types of things that are, um, that are adding up. You know what I'm saying? It's like multiple, not to mention all the television rays, or not just television rays, but all these rays of, you know, um, waves of systems, airplanes, trucks, boats. Think of like, you know, emissions from the, not just the gas emissions, but the toxic emissions that we see. You know, you ever seen like smokestacks coming out of... um, a, a plant, a power plant, mm-hmm. or you ever seen like South smoke, South River Rouge. smoke coming out of the ground, you know, or like smoke coming out of a train engine or smoke mm-hmm. coming out of a plane engine, right, right. smoke mm-hmm. coming out of a truck engine or your car. Like think of how many cars, trains, you know, just transportation alone and all the gas that's involved with all forms of transportation um, what do we do? Like, okay, so there's that. What do we do with our garbage? You understand what I'm saying? All the styrofoam. Can you imagine how much styrofoam it is in the world? Um, I have to stop using styrofoam alert. All these, all these takeout companies, you know, all these restaurants use like takeout, um, c- containers that are styrofoam or plastic. Think of how much plastic is in use. Plastic is freaking poisonous. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like reducing the amount of plastic that we use, or reducing the amount of plastic that's in our that's in our lives can like literally just our save everyday our rotation. Lives. Yeah. Um. I mean, long story short, there's like I think pretty much every week <laughs> that we come on this podcast, we talk about different ways. Um, to do better with like climate, with like environmental justice, with like things that we personally can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing I did. I'm going to, it's so funny. Like, so I got one bag, like maybe early in the, earlier in the month as a gift to like transition into for grocery shopping, transitioning from plastic bags and paper bags. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason why I really wanted to start doing it is because I noticed like the last time I was in Chicago or just a major city, they charge you for bags like some certain stores do here. But like it's a law that, you know, not I don't want to say it's a law, but it's the culture in bigger cities to charge for bags. So it's like almost like forcing people down a path mm-hmm. of like being quote unquote more green. So I'm like, yeah, let me just start trying to do it more. And I'm not like pat myself on the back, but I'll tell you how much of a habit it is. Like my coworker gave me like seven bags that I could just to, to help me, you know, move towards it. I stopped by whole foods yesterday to get food. And do you think I took them bags in the store? Like I literally still got the plat, like went in the store and got got the past the bags. Was it you forgot? Yeah, like I had. She just gave me the bags. Like mm-hmm. that day, they were in the but they were in the backseat of my car. But I'm such in the habit of going in the store, getting the plastic bags, and walking mm-hmm. out that I forgot to even grab my bags. You know well, what I mean? So that was one day. So the next time you go, yeah, just try to remember. Yeah. So that's Don't my beat yourself up. That's my. Uh, Don't beat yourself up. It's oh, like okay, it takes a minute. Yeah. To remember, oh, I got some bags I can use. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. have. You know, these plastic bags. Yep. You know, and it takes a minute to get used to that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it does take an adjustment period, but once you adjust, it's very easy. Yeah. And people think, like, it's a major thing. It's really not. It's really very easy. Um, something that we, have to, that we have to do is we have to stop making folks feel guilty about things. Yeah, I feel you. Because then it makes it harder for people mm. to, you know, adhere or try to do better because it's like, uh, you know, it's going to be whatever anyway, but it's really not. Yeah. You know, we just have to do better. It's just so many layers to, I mean, just hearing you talk about it, it's just so interesting to how we literally are numb to things that like we don't really pay attention to our processes and routines and the things that we use because... We're, you know, even the, with the best intentions, trying to be better people or, you know, take care of our families. And we forget to do, we forget to take time to self-reflect on our processes. And that's on a basic level of bags, recycling, you know, yeah. n- not using Compost. water bottles. Yeah. But so we need to, if we could do that, like, yeah, I think it would open up our bottle yeah. and use it. Try not to buy bottled water if you, if you don't have to. Um, or s- Yeah. Or as simple as is like, even after you get done eating an apple or your banana while you're driving, like, dude, do not throw it out the window. Like, got to take care of your environment. Now, I'm not saying that you, you're in the country and you use it to make your soil better. That's different. But mm-hmm. even just littering, like, I see people, and because it's down to the just the seed or just the, the peel, like, they just throw it out the window, a little no, trash. these are things that we personally can do. Mm-hmm. Um, Just in to addition even, oh. to that, though, we have to also look at policy. And so, like, Trump just mm. rolled back some major policies on, like, you know, water, water safety. And he also rolled back some major policies on from the EPA, Environmental Protection That's crazy. Agency. Um, and basically... The Republicans are, and the Democrats, are trying to make it like a free trade issue. Mean, like, <laughs> meaning like, we, you know, if we put all, their argument is the capitalist argument 
is that if we put all these restrictions on folks, then it makes it difficult for companies to do trade with the United States. And that, long story short, they feel that these companies <laughs> should have the right to poison us and screw up our entire environment in the name of making money. <laughs> this is how they think. This how these no, because you were, you were saying like the, uh, you were talking about in, when you were breaking things down about climate, <clears throat> climate change. Climate justice, like you mentioned, like it, a lot of it, you didn't, you didn't use these exact words, but you basically in so many words said that a lot of our government officials and politicians and people who are, are billionaires and millionaires, a lot of them ignored or lie about the issues that we face. So it's just funny. Like, it just makes me laugh. Like he literally, like, isn't he one of those people that like his whole campaign was climate, climate change isn't real. Yeah. And now they have to face it. Right. So they're not necessarily saying that anymore. Um, they have a new argument, but at the same time, it's like, oh, well, how can we do business? Like, it's really, um, it's really scary. That's you know, unreal. like, honestly, it's really scary. But um, we just got to continue, you know, fighting and we need to. Um, I, I think. I think we support policies mm-hmm. that that support keeping protections in place for folks. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Um, and those are these are like man-made things that we can do. Um, there's a lot of natural things that are just happening, mm. and there's not. Let's be clear that there's nothing we could do about that. But um, <laughs> but. Um, the things that we can do something about, yeah, let's look at that. But I, but you wanted to talk about speaking of, um, you know, people that are doing some things. We had a couple of different stories. We have the Jaden Smith Flint story. We got the fire at Notre Dame. We got the Clarissa Shields and we got the Tiger Woods. Like, which one did you want to talk about first? Uh, let's, this we could... Let's talk about Notre Dame. School Notre me. Dame. So, um, long story short, uh, the Notre Dame church that uh, is a pillar of white society. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but the Notre Dame church, which um, is a historic building, um, burned for like five hours and the the structure of it though has been retained so the structure of it is like intact um it's you know it's it's damaged like the roof is damaged you know um people are really disturbed because much of the uh you know much of what's inside is damaged um and basically the trees, right? So the roof was made of beechwood beams. Okay. And that's probably like 800 years ago. Wow. And there's no longer trees of that size in France. Understood. So that's something that uh you know uh that they've got to look at. Um 
you know, just basically, um, how do you, because the materials and things that the structure was made of, right? Like you get, like in Europe, if you go all over Europe, they have thousands of years of architecture. We don't really have that here in um, the United States. When you go to various other countries, you know, Asia, all over Asia, all over Africa, all over places, you know, there's literally thousands of years of architecture. Understood. Um, it's hard, especially in Detroit, for people to understand because Detroit, for the last four, 50 years at least, they knocked down every building. They knocked down every building that's older than 10 or 20 years old. So, like, my mom, you know what I'm saying, she, she still got trauma because they knocked down her high school. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that to say um, that people were really literally in tears and literally emotional because this is their history. Um, you know, their culture is a symbol of their history, it's a symbol of their culture. What I um, was thinking about over the last few days, though, was like, it's also a symbol, honestly, of like white supremacy and tyranny and rape and like slavery, you know, like how much, how much of France has colonized the world. You know what I mean? Like how much of the world has been colonized by France? Um, they're getting a lot of money though. So like University of Notre Dame in Indiana is donating like 100000 towards the renovation. Um, you know, uh, all types of organizations are, you know, I, I even saw like billionaires were... Um, we're like donating. <clears throat> I'm just shocked. You know what what first question? There, there was no one killed in this incident, was there? Were there no. any people injured? No. Thank oh, goodness. thank God. Well, uh, there was a firefighter who was severely injured. Okay. Well, and shouts out to the to the the people who put the fire out. Five hundred firefighters worked to put out this fire. That is unheard of. Five hundred. It's a huge. If you, I have been to Notre Dame. Many, many times. Many, 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 many times. It's a huge building. Ginormous. <laughs> 500 firefighters. So, um, shouts out to you guys, all the firefighters that were able to get that fire out. And um, I'm just so thankful that no one was injured. No people were involved. Um, you know, but... It uh, my question is 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 it because of it's a it's a historical staple piece of architecture? Do they is it is it too uh, is it too old to be insured? I'm sure they have insurance, um, but the insurance probably won't cover all probably it being restructured. I mean, but they don't even have to worry about insurance. To be honest with you, it's so many. People who value this place, that they're going to raise the money 
to fix it. Understood. Okay. So they'll be able to claim insurance or whatever, but believe me, it's so many people that this place means so much to. Understood. Um, Rightfully but, so. But and they and they said like there's a restoration expert. It says it will take probably ten to fifteen years to fully restore the Notre that, Dame Cathedral. Okay. Um, and that's according to the uh, restoration of historic uh, monuments. It's a it's a name of a company, and you know, I mean, long story short, um. That space is not going to, you know, it's not going to um, hurt for, you know, donations. People will be pouring in donations. They've already started. Mm-hmm. You know, it means so much to so many people. You have to, uh, you, 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 when you have a, when you have those feelings and set of emotions and you love and you believe in a particular system or process, you are supposed to. Use your resources to fix it. That's science to me at this point. You, you, your priorities match what your your priorities match what you care about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so Notre Dame, it it it, it represents a culture. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does. It represents, you know, this history. It represents, you know. To me, it represents white supremacy. By default, almost, right? By default. Not saying, I'm not saying like, duh, Piper, but I'm saying, I'm just trying to bring imagery to the fact that this is just, you know, facts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think also, too, um, so far it says they've got about 700 million, right? Already donated. Wow. That fire was yesterday. Right? Yeah. Um, and like 28 million came from this French billionaire called Marc <clears throat> Ledre de la Chalier. And um, I guess it's through a Pays de France foundation. So, yeah. I mean, don't worry. They are not going to be... Um, they're not gonna be hurting for no money. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I send I send them good energy so that they can, you know, rebuild their uh the, the you know, I don't wanna send anybody bad energy so that they can rebuild one of their, their symbols. Symbols and reminders and historic historic building, mm-hmm. however you wanna label it. Um I told you that I was looking up Flint mm-hmm. based off of um uh, Clarissa Shields, shout out to Clarissa Shields. Mm-hmm. I told you also that I'm not really into boxing, <clears throat> but I do like Mike Tyson. I okay. do like Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And Clarissa Shields is a young lady from Flint, Michigan. Okay. Who started boxing at the age of uh, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. She won two gold me- medals, I think, at the age of like 16, between the ages of 16 and 18. Mm. And she... Uh, she entered in as a, a pro fighter, I think, a few years ago, and she's undefeated as a pro fighter. Mm-hmm. And so she had a fight this weekend, and first time in history, they allowed women boxing to have all access on Showtime, like it would be a Floyd fight. So they followed the girls, they followed them through their training. Um, she took people through a routine 
Um, she talks about Flint. She's very passionate about Flint and people understanding that there are people still living in Flint who need care. She even wears her hair, uh, the color uh, blue in her hair, and says that she's going to wear that until the crisis is over. So she represents Flint in her hair. Uh, she's truly in tune with self, uh, very disciplined. And uh, this, she was fighting against Christina Hammond, who's also undefeated. And uh, she beat her. Mm. Beat her really, 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 really good. But through me looking at Clarissa Shields, it uh, definitely gave me a more understanding of, of women boxing. So shout out to all the women boxers out there. Shout out to Layla Ali, who really, for me, put women boxing on a map. Um, but then it also had me like looking up Flint. Like, you know, really, you know, I, I told you earlier that it's almost a year ago today that you had your like one of, I think, top five podcasts mm. um, about the Flint crisis, updating people mm. and giving people updates on um, the work that a lot of community members are doing in regards to Flint. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I looked up when I, when I typed in, when I literally Googled Flint, Michigan, of course, it was a lot of coverage for Clarissa just because she deserves it. Mm-hmm. And then it gave stories, you know, about things going on in Flint in regards to the crisis and so one of the things that popped up was a Twitter a, a, a Twitter thread on Google mm-hmm. of a ABC reporting that the cathedral needed a certain amount of money to uh, fix the fire damage. And there were some people on Twitter who retweeted it and asked, you know, why, you know, they didn't even ask why. They said how much money would be needed to restore Flint's water situation. Mm-hmm. And asked if there were any billionaires that wanted to contribute. There was another Twitter follower who responded and said, basically in so many words, Flint's issue is being, has been resolved as far as a settlement and as a solution. And that the people of Flint, all they have to do at this point is wait on their solution and to keep the two separate, the cathedral and Flint separate. And so as people would say, quote unquote, black Twitter, I don't think they they insulted the man, but they definitely told the man that he's given the imagery of a lot of the issues in white America, that their symbolisms, their buildings, their architect is more important than people. And he said that by no by any means he wasn't negating the fact that the Flint crisis was, you know, indeed a tra- tragedy and people shouldn't be held accountable. But his point is, is that it's being dealt with and we shouldn't muddy the water in the conversation because it's taken away from symbolism. And not only that, people in America at this point don't care about Flint. So to bring Flint into the situation is pointless because obviously people care more about this. This building internationally means more to people than the people in Flint waiting on their solution because it's already been resolved and all they have to do is wait. Yeah, but it hasn't been resolved. And so, uh, well, one, it hasn't been resolved. mm -mm. And two, even black people, you know, look at it and say, you know, Oh, Notre Dame is way more important than Flint. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. People say, oh, this, this, this so-called like little city with these poor black people, that doesn't mean anything as much as this symbol of white supremacy and oppression, you know, means 
you know, to capitalists. But, you know, that's why we can't really look at those. We have to, like, look at, you know what I'm saying, like, what we feel is most important. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, like for me, Flynn is important because people's lives are at stake. People have been poisoned and people are continuing to be poisoned. People are continuing to, you know, be removed from their homes that they own because of, because of so-called owing back water bills for poison water. So they're still being charged back. Like, all of that poison water bill should be forgiven. Honestly. It should all be It's forgiven. not? No. They're taking people's homes because they say they owe back monies on the poison water that they were charging them for poison water. So they're like, oh, well, you still owe money for these, you know, water bills that y'all never paid. And people were like, I'm not paying because the water was poison. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll take your house. So they're attaching, taking, you know, the, 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 the taxes and owing taxes and owing water bill money all in one. You understand? Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. So wait, what from from having boots on the ground from your perspective, actually understanding and really, really being in the moment with the Flint crisis? Mm-hmm. Where do you think the disconnect is? The I guess the point I'm getting at is is who's I, disconnected? Are you talking about? Mm, me, uh, my generation, uh. Um, well, Detroiters. you don't live in Flint. Detroiters. You don't live in Flint. If it was your generation living in Flint, you wouldn't be disconnected. Right? You don't. You, so you don't think that there's a problem with me being disconnected? What do you mean disconnected? If you didn't know me, and I mm-hmm. and and I was like, I don't, I, I didn't go to Flint. Like, I, you know, I don't know much about it. You wouldn't feel. I'm not saying you would judge me, but you wouldn't feel the need to like motivate me into. Doing something in Flint? I would definitely feel the need to motivate you, but um, making people feel guilty about stuff is not a motivator. Um, You know, not for real, for real, maybe for the short term. Um, When you're saying disconnected, do you mean that people don't care about Flint? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, you you look at something like this happening... And I get the like you said we we it, the United States is a, a younger country, mm-hmm. so we don't have these connections to these type of symbols and things of that nature. Now, if something like yeah, we do. Like you know, I'm not saying like nine one one for sure, but what I'm saying is is when people care about things, they react to it. It it is well, something that lingers. Too, this is what happens. I'm gonna say when we see cartoons on TV, films, movies songs we see so much the news we're desensitized because we see so much death as normality people watching game of thrones they just see people getting stuck with all types of knives and contraptions um people been watching movies violent movies people getting shot up you know Mm -hmm. and then it's like no thing to people like life and the fragility of life 
the preciousness of life. It doesn't mean anything to people. It's like you could see on television at any given day, even on the regular news. They showed the news footage of Nipsey getting shot. They would never have done that years ago. But it's so normalized now. Everyone's used to seeing people, you know, dying. And, and there's just so much devastation that people are overwhelmed. So they become numb. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then it becomes like people just tune stuff out because it's like it's too much for folks to deal with. People are like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. That's the whole reason that people will be like, oh, Pipe, I'm so proud of you when they talk about doing activism. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That wouldn't be me. I'm proud of you. Keep going, girl. I'm real proud of you. But the (laughs) thing is, like, anybody can be an activist. Anybody can be activated. Anybody can step up and do something. It's just that in the land of activism, it's been made so sensationalized, like a Martin Luther King, you know, or just run any activist down the line that mm-hmm. people feel like they can't, quote unquote, live up to those standards. But at the end of the day, the movement was really regular people. Most of it is just regular people. It still is. It's regular folks that are like, okay, they get together and they strategize and they come up with ways to do things. Even civil rights movement was completely people, you know, coming together to strategize about what they were going to do. They just put forth a Martin Luther King because he was a great orator. But Ella Baker was really one of the strategists that was coming up with, right, like how, how to do things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bayer Rustin. Like, so nowadays, you know what I'm saying? With like activism and things, people feel like they can't do it because everyone's getting like their masters in social work or their masters in social justice or they're working on their PhD or they're doing something with like public policy. Everybody wants to go into politics and there's all this money that's going into all this activism And at the end of the day, it's really about mobilizing people and all these nonprofits are getting all this money to do all this stuff, to have these deliverables and these results and put, you know, marginalized people and people of color in all these pictures to, to, to be like, look at us, look at what we're doing. We're empowering people, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like real activism is just people coming together to think of what they're going to do differently. In real life, it's the little things that each one of us could just be doing so differently. That's activism. So we don't have to be disconnected. You don't, like, you know, I talk about how we raised the $15,000 and purchased the filters and went up there and gave a block party and gave them out. But that's like, the devastation is so great. That that was just like a drop in the bucket. We were only able to service like 350 families with that. So does that mean that what we did was useless? No, no, no. Does that mean that we shouldn't have done it because we couldn't do the entire city? Does that mean that, oh, we couldn't fix the pipes, so what? Why? what's the point? Oh, we couldn't change the policy, so why bother? No, what we did was useful and appreciated. And there's like 
so much more that like still needs to be done. And it's not about being the lone savior. And that's what we have to disconnect ourselves from is looking at activism like, oh, I can't be Martin Luther King. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not about that. It's about, oh, you know what I could do? I could let some other people know that the Flint crisis is still a crisis. I could, you know, uh, maybe take a group of young people up there like one day just to connect with like some students so that um, they could understand what's actually happening in Flint right now from people that are being impacted. I could um, support one of these organizations that's still supporting the people of Flint. I could try to reach out to one of the organizations out there and find out what type of support that they need. I could try to meet some people that actually live there and see what support do they need. Like, there's so many little tiny things that people could do um, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, It doesn't have to be a, a million dollar GoFundMe. Yeah. You could help one child, one family, one person. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, we look at things because we see everything in the United States is marketed to us. Even our death is marketed to us. Even our destruction, even our demise, even our tragedies, our trauma is marketed to us. So it's marketed to us like, oh, you know, like all of this tragedy is happening. And all this tragedy is happening. But it, it can't be on one person like we have this american like heroic savior complex type of way that that type of story keeps getting sold back to us i got you as being a hero and a savior you can't save anybody there's no such thing you know you can help and support there's already structures that are in place you could get involved with them but don't think that you're going to be like saving anybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's where like people get frustrated with activism because they start getting in and it's like, oh, I'm only helping like one person or nobody came to our rally. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like, to me, one person's life is valuable. One child's life is valuable. Just that, just one is already valuable all by itself. Yeah. So even being able to help just that one, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's huge. And if that, what if that one, if you think about it, was you? Would you want, when you need help, when you're on your last leg, when you need support, when you're trying to tell people that, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still here. I'm still valuable. I'm worth something. You understand what I'm saying? I do. So would you want to be that one that got left? Because people were like, eh, I wanted to help 1,500 people. I wasn't really trying to help just one. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Would you want to be on the chopping block for that? No. Mm -hmm. So that's how people have to look at, you know, this activism thing. Like, what is it that, that I could do as an individual to just 
even if you just look, I'm just going to support one family. I'm just going to support one person. Like, think of if, if more people just got involved on that level. I'm just going to support one organization. So, like, somebody came to you and I was like, Piper, this Flint stuff is really, really, really getting to me. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Like, what would you suggest for me to do? I, don't I have- say get with um, We the People of Detroit. Um, because they are, you know what I'm saying, like consistent in doing a lot of this work. Um, and there's churches that are in Flint, you know what I'm saying, that most of the churches and, and masjids, you know, in Flint are involved in some way or other in like distribution of like resources. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um I would say start there. I mean, one of the uh one of the the main um ways that we that we kind of separate ourselves from um from thinking about how to help is like creating all of these barriers, right? Like to helping people. Yes. So if we tell ourselves, oh, it wasn't perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then, uh, it would, then, then we, like if we tell ourselves, oh, I didn't have, you know, a hundred million dollars. Right then, then you know that 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 problem needs a hundred million dollars. It doesn't need a hundred million dollars. It might you might be able to do something with like twenty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's a church in Flint that we worked with. It's called the Prince of Peace Church. They are a five hundred one c three. Um. We what we did was we purchased like I said water filters. Uh, we gave out two per household. One was for the kitchen. One was for the bathroom. And we we got we were able to um, get volunteer plumbers, professional plumbers, as well. Um, you know to come out and you know give some assessments. We were able to um, do this research. Right, we were able to make connections with um, organizations that are already in Flint, like doing lots of work. And like I said, the Prince of Peace Church, um, they were they were doing, you know, uh, most of the collection, mm-hmm. outreach, um, distribution, and they were very trustworthy. We had a a wonderful um, experience, like, working with them. And if people are really looking to, like, do something, I would start start there with, like, that church in particular. Okay. Because that's the one that I personally um, have had experience with. But, yeah, like I said, I mean... We the people of Detroit is doing work out there, water work as well as in Detroit. And 
you know, um, I think, you know, when we, when we think about, um, like helping people and we think about what it is that we're going to do to like help people, I think we have to, um, really take the pressure off of ourselves to be so, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? I don't want to say dynamic, but, you know, grand. Like, yes, I created a solution. Like, or like, like that yeah, like we like, don't have to be saviors. You know, we have to stop with the savior. Complex. I was, I, I'm, yeah. Because, like, I'll say, like, okay, like, I think it comes from a sincere accountability thing within self mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, my God, like, my priorities are, like, kind of screwed, like. I'm spending money on this. I'm spending money on that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Now, for granted, life is can be tough. Like as far as like just about you just trying to live and take care of yourself. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about when you have thirty percent variance in your paycheck, and or not even that. Like you got time. Like you you know, and you look up and you're like, oh my god. Like you find out about something and you become emotional about it and then Mm. you want to do something like because you know you're not doing like you tell yourself like I know I could be doing this this and that Mm -hmm. so like then you start to go like okay well how do I how do I do it like I know a lot of people like just with the age that we live in that do want to do things but they don't I don't think it's like a taxing thing I know for sure like I do that to myself what you're saying like a hundred percent like where I feel like oh my god I need to do this like not that I want to be a savior, but I definitely want to do something. And then I become overwhelmed and I'll just be like, oh, my God, I'm not doing anything. And blah, 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 blah. And I have to, like, talk to myself the way that you're that, the way that you're breaking it down. But there's some people who just want to know what direction to go into. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's also the um, there's a Flint Water Law Office and Resource Center. Um, if that's where the community um, of residents is like putting out this class action lawsuit. Um, What else is there? I mean, there's just so, there's like uh, so many people that are like doing great things in Flint. Um, The ACLU, you know what I mean? Is still invested and involved. Um, I mean, I just think that if people are, you know, concerned, then I think they just need to like start somewhere and take some type of action. Because looking at it and saying like what they can't do or what they're not doing, it will keep people from, you know, participating in their own, um, in their own activism that they, that they Mm. can just do, you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. And it's, and it's so easy. It's so easy. People think it's like, (laughs) you know, magic, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they do. But it's so easy. Um, all you really have to do is just reach out to folks and folks will be like, oh yeah, um, you could do this or do that or send this or send that. And people get, when I've spoken to people 
they have trust issues. And they'll be like, I don't know where the money's going. Or I don't know these people. Or how do you know that people are not going to take the money and do this and that? I mean, for real, for real, don't give to the Red Cross. Those are the ones that are taking your money and not doing nothing. The Cancer Society. All these types of big organizations like that. You know what I'm saying? Those are the ones that are like taking your money and paying people hundred something thousand dollars salary and not doing and taking blood from people and not offering support to people that are like on the ground that need the help and need the support. But you know, places like I said, like this Prince of Peace church that we ended up working with, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They end up being, you know, like super, 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 super helpful. Meaning like outreach to the community, like I said, you know, utilizing the space, you know, helping us, you know, uh, figure out the landscape of like how to best support them. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what that's what people can do, and that's for Flint specifically. And so it sounds like it's a city that needs help, and there's definitely people who know how to articulate the help that's needed. There's so many people. Mm. There's so many people, and the best people are the people that live there. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Can best tell you how to help them. So yeah, um, anybody that wants to help Flint. I say reach out to the um the Prince of Peace Missionary Baptist Church in Flint. Um they they did a great job. They're connected in community, they're rooted in community like for real. And they are you know, they're super supportive, super helpful. Um and if you want to do, you know, if you want to help there, they'll even be like, "Hey, that's what they told us. If you don't want to give us the money, we know other people that could get the money. We know other people that could get the support. You know, so that's how you know when you're working with real people. Obviously, <laughs> we work with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But just the fact that they're being poisoned and they're, you know, being impacted to be like, yeah, if you don't, if you don't want to mess with us, you could get with these people. Like, yeah. And there's, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take some time because they, they literally lied to these people, were in denial, did all these false solutions. So now the problem got worse and worse and worse and worse. They told people to boil the water, which made it worse, which made people sicker. And so now people have all these health issues. People are losing their homes because they're, you know, still charging people for back, um, you know, monies that they say are owed for the poison water. And so they're literally restructuring that city to like take it over. They really need to like put in new infrastructure so that they actually have a water infrastructure, like a safe, clean water infrastructure. Um, are they going to do that? I'm going to hope and pray that they do this. This is what people have been wanting. This is what they need. But first, they had to get 
the freaking government to even admit that what they did just so that any of this stuff could get fixed, you know? And even now, it still hasn't been acknowledged in a way with any sense of urgency from it, from our own governments. So um, those are things that we, that we can do as well is to push for policy, push for this to be an important, you know, policy issue. 100%. That's something else that we could do too. So there's so many ways that people can help in activism. It doesn't always have to be, you know, protesting and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your boy Jaden Smith, speaking of water filter systems. Mm-hmm. Do you uh want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I was looking at what he was what he is offering to do. So, long story short, it says that he has this company, right? And mm-hmm. it's like a mobile lead filtration system. Mhm. And basically, he's partnered with a local Flint church. And it says to deploy this mobile water treatment system. The system is called um, the box water or the water box. Mm -hmm. And it filters out lead and additional contaminants that are in the water. And um, I think he's, he's, so he's getting with First Trinity Missionary Baptist Church. It looks like that's who he's um, partnering with. Okay. Um, it says that church has given out over 5 million bottles of water to local residents. Think about the impact of all the bottled water that they've had to use and the impact of all that plastic on their environment. You know, they had a gar- huge garbage pickup issue where they weren't even picking up their garbage for a minute. And they were living in with no water and surrounded by all that plastic and garbage for a minute. Um, and in 2018... The free bottled water program that was set up by the state ended under um, the former governor, Rick Snyder, who actually was responsible for creating the crisis, right, um, in deciding to switch the, um, the water source from Detroit to Flint, which they had not researched and caused the entire water crisis in the beginning. But the new governor, um, Gretchen Whitmer, she said that, um, let's see, this statement says, bottle donations for the city have declined and accessing clean water continues to be an issue, which is why Just Water stepped up, stepped in to assist. So I guess that's his company is Just Water, J-U-S-T, like justice. Okay. Um. So, the water box will produce up to 10 gallons of clean drinking water per minute. And the water is tested each day with use as well as every few weeks by an independent certified laboratory. So, residents will be able to fill any container of their choice with the clean water. And the filtration device will be available through the church with um, set distribution times. And... um, their pastor is Ezra Tillman. And so it says Jaden Smith and his partner Drew Fitzgerald are the co-founders 
of just and of J U S T and of um the water box. So basically um they'll be able to um supply folks with like a temporary that looks like a temporary resource um which is good cuz like we need triage and i would say this is a good thing and in addition to this what would really 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 be helpful is if they can have an impact on policy so mm-hmm. i'm really hoping that um that just their presence their yeah, presence their presence can have an impact on mm-hmm. policy so i'm really hoping that um yeah because people are paying taxes right mhm and they're supposed to have some sort of infrastructure water infrastructure and it doesn't make sense that a private company's coming in and this is what's wrong with the privatization of water or the privatization of what should be free water is supposed to be free like we're 70 whatever percent water the earth is 70 whatever percent water to me when you disrupt people's ability to have water that's genocide you know and you know it is so they're doing it in Detroit with shutting off people's water and also too in Flint do you know that they were taking people's kids too I did not know that. So when they were showing up to people's houses and there was lead in their cabinets, because they have like wood and things like that. So because of the lead that was in the pipes, it was it was like seeping into the wooden cabinets and all around the house. So they were sending out hazmat plus CPS, Child Protective Services, plus police officers to people's houses to inspect their houses to see how much lead contamination they had. When they were going to people's houses, if they found X amount of lead contamination, they were taking people's kids from them and charging them with child abuse. What? Yeah, and neglect. Because they were saying that they had exposed them to lead. And yeah, like, that's the part that, people don't even know about that's what they were doing so now they took that strategy and they're employing that strategy in detroit and now when people's in detroit when people's water gets cut off they're doing the same exact thing they send out the detroit police department with child protective services to like remove people's kids because they say that being without water is neglect when they're cutting off people's water for like $10, $20. So if you're in the cutoff list, you know, watch your back because they're coming to take your kids from you. That's un- that is crazy. That's crazy, yo. And those are the types <laughs> of things that people, black people are coming up with them type of policies. I've had conversations with black people who say that they think that these, that so-called poor black people don't deserve access to healthy, clean water. You know, they're not they, because they don't because they think that people are poor and they think people are trifling and they think that people, you know, they've said things like, oh, they purchase TVs and sneakers and they ain't got their priorities straight. But my thing is water is supposed to be free. 
You know what I'm saying? That's, if you need water to live, it should be free. I don't care if you can afford it. And the fact that you're charging for water is some capitalist crap. You know what I'm saying? And that's viewed as like a leftist view, which is strange to me because you can't live without fresh, clean water. Anyway, I could go on and on and on for days about this water. I'm like, really, y'all? No. uh, So shout out to Black Millennials for Flint. Piper, you giving some insight on where where to take a look at. I'm just trying to find more about them. On their website, which they seem to have a presence on Facebook. Again, that's Black Millennials, the actual number four for Flint. And then their website is .org. Okay. And they have in, and in, then they keep, I'm trying to. Well, you gave the website. I gave the website. So people can go there. They got a nice website. It just make it makes you subscribe to them before they let you in, <laughs> which I don't blame them. I'm not mad, but I already subscribed, so let me in. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a pretty the the. But they're on social them. media too, right? Mm-hmm. So you can hit them on the inbox. Yeah, in the social media and yeah. So I don't know. We've been talking for a minute. We could probably end right here. What do you think? I'm good. Yeah, I just yeah, just uh, I just wanted to, you know, Flint had you know people a lot of people were talking about Flint because of Clarissa, so it's always good that she represents and that's good because if I if I typed in Flint, I'm sure at least at least a hundred other people typed in Flint. That's at the least, which means really it's probably like a hundred thousand. That's good. So that I think that's real good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sway gave her a little shine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She uh yeah she she doing her thing so. Well, thanks for bringing up these topics. These are really important topics. Of course, Piper. You know, they're really cool. You keep us on the cusp, Brittany, of what's going on in the world and what we need to focus on and mm. how we need to do better. That's you. Year. Thank you for uh, climate justice and getting us ready for Earth Day. and Yeah, us- so Friday, you know, get ready. We're going to be at um, Cass Corridor Commons from 6 to 9. It's free, and we got free food. So, uh, you know, come through. We're going to watch the film um, from Paris to Pittsburgh. And it's all brought to you by the Hip Hop Caucus, a Detroit chapter. But check your city because um, Hip Hop Caucus is showing this film all over the country um, on different days. And, yeah. So, this has been the Piper Carter Podcast. With Detroit is different. Did you have any last words, Brittany? Or are you good? I'm good. Okay. So, yeah, check us out on social media. You can check me out at Piper Carter on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can go to our new website, DetroitIsDifferent.net, where you can listen to the podcast and you can share all the other podcasts that are on this network as well as you can go to Apple Podcast, you can go to Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere that you can listen to wonderful podcasts. This has been Piper Carter on Detroit is Different. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.